discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified. let's pray and then we'll start father thank you for this morning thank you for your love your kindness thank you for this opportunity to be alive thank you that even as we go through your word you grant us great grace to understand every single thing that you have for us to understand thank you for quickness of understanding thank you for great grace ministered to all of us thank you that our lives are transfigured even as we hear your word and we are taken to the next level of our glory even in jesus name amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Wow. We've been learning so many things in the last six or so weeks. It says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of the doctrine of baptisms, and of laying on of hands, and of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgments. And of eternal judgments. So we are on eternal judgments now, isn't it? Eternal judgments. And we mentioned that there are four types of judgments, isn't it? The judgment of sin, then the bimasi judgments, I don't know if you remember. Then we have the judgment of the sheep and goats. Or the judgment of the nations, okay? Then we have the great white throne judgments. So all these are judgments that are found in the scriptures. And last week we spoke about the judgment of sin that has happened in Christ already. Let us talk about the Bema Seat Judgment, isn't it? The Bema Seat Judgment. So today we are going to go on to the judgment of the sheep and goats. So sheep and goats, also known as the judgment of the nations. But before we do so, I want us to start today's session from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, from verse 24. I want to show you something there concerning the Bema Seat Judgment, and then we'll continue, Okay. Know you know that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. Next verse, verse 25. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we are incorruptible. So there's an incorruptible crown that is waiting for you on that day. Hallelujah. It's an incorruptible crown that is waiting for you on that day. Verse 26. Then it says, I therefore so run not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I 
have preached to others. I myself should be a castaway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Paul was talking about the race. I remember mentioning that we all have a race. There's a race that all of us are running. Whether you know it or not, there's a race you are running. Spiritual race that you are running. You are on the tracks right now. Okay, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 mentions it. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Have you seen it? Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There's a race that is set before us. Everybody, whether you know it or not. Then it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So Paul is saying that I'm running my race. And the, at the end of the race, I'm going to get a crown that is incorruptible. Just like people do it here on earth, at least do it here on earth. They run and then they are given a medal. There's a medal for us, spiritual medal for us. And the last time I spoke about the crowns, the medals, and all the things, the stones that will be given to us on that day, on the day of rewards. So the Bima City is a, is, a, is a judgment for rewards for Christians. Do you remember? Uh-huh. You know, so Paul is saying that as I'm running this race, I am not running as one who does not know what he's doing. I know what I'm doing. He says, I go to the next verse. This is 1 Corinthians 9. Go to verse 26 now. He says, I therefore so run not as uncertainly. Okay? So as, I don't run as though I don't know what I'm doing. I, I know what I'm doing. Let's read Amplified so that you understand it very well. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly. Without definite aim. I have a definite aim. I do not box like one bearing, beating the air and striking without an adversary. There's an adversary that will prevent you from achieving the result that God has designed for you to achieve. Your biggest enemy to achieving what God wants you to achieve is not the devil. It's not the devil. Your biggest adversary is not your mother or your auntie or some witches in your family. No, 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 no. So he says, I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. I know my adversary. Next verse. But like a boxer, I buffet my body. I handle it roughly. I handle my body roughly, discipline it by hardships, and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things concerning or pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as counterfeit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Paul is saying that my body is a very big enemy for me. Okay, on that judgment day, on the Bima C judgment day for your rewards, like I mentioned, the Bima means a foot space. So you'll be standing before the Lord and you'll see all the opportunities you had to pray that you slept. Your body made you sleep. You see all the opportunities you had to evangelize to somebody. And because of laziness or because of shyness, I'm shy. Um, I'm the shy type. I'm not confident enough. I'm not ready. I don't know the scriptures. I don't know this. I don't know that. What? I'm not called. All the excuses you give. You see all the things that your body prevented you from doing for the Lord. And you see all the things that your body also took you to, to do against the Lord. 
That is why in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, he says that, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, the bema seat of Christ, so that we may give account of ourselves, what we have done in our body. He says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. He's talking about both the body of Christ and in your own body. According to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. So this, your body, is key in your life. Say, this is my body. It's key in my life. Yes. Some all nights you are supposed to attend. That you didn't attend. Because your body told you that we are too tired. Let us sleep. Let us eat and drink. Some fast things that you are supposed to do that you didn't do. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Yeah. Some verses you were supposed to do that you didn't do. Some departments to join that you didn't join because you were like, I'm not really. So your, your body, your body is, your, is your major trouble. So Paul says, I've, I've learned to discipline my body so that after I have preached to others and shown others the gospel and shown others the right way, I myself don't become unprofitable. The word castaway is, the Greek word is adokimos, and it means to rid someone of rewards, to rid you of rewards. It means unfit, it means unapproved and all that. But it also means to, to rid someone of his rewards. That is what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. So, as a child of God, you are not going to hell, you are going to heaven. But the heaven, no, there are classes, there are levels, there are rewards. So, what you are doing with yourself today will show what type of reward you will get on that day. I don't know about you, but I want to get better rewards. Don't you? Don't you want to get proper rewards? Don't you want to get the crowns that you're supposed to get? Are you interested in such things? So make every effort to engage yourself in the things of God. Don't sit on the fence. Don't be a Christian who sits on the fence and looks at others do what is supposed to be done. Become a Christian who is participating in what God wants done. God has a desire. He has purpose. And he would not stand at anything. You know, he will make sure that his purpose comes to pass. So if you don't mature here on earth, you will go to heaven and you will still continue to mature there. Yes, there are maturity classes in heaven. So it's either you take what we are saying here for you now and start doing something with it. Receive grace. You see, there's something called grace. Okay, there's grace. Say grace. Grace Grace is God at work in you. Grace is God helping you. God is willing and ready to help you. All you need to do is to accept his help and respond to that help. You don't have to live a life of uh, weakness and sickness and disease and sin and all that. You don't have to live that kind of life. That's not the kind of life God has designed for you. God has not designed you to be so weak that if a lady touches you, you can't but, but sleep with a person. Or if a guy touches you, nah, it's finished. No, God, that's not how God designed you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That's not how God designed you. God, God designed you for something more. Hallelujah. So that's just something I wanted to tell you. That your body is a major thing you are up against. Your body is a major thing that you are up against. So start, start putting things to work to make sure your body does not limit you and prevent you 
from going where God wants you to go. Okay? Do you like my message? Alright, so the next thing is the judgment of the sheep and goats. Hallelujah. Also known as the judgment of the nations. Now, let's read Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 from verse 31. Matthew 25 from verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations. Now, go back to the 31. The angels here is actually not with respect to angels, angels. He's talking about us. Let me, let me simplify it for you, okay? Can I simplify it for you? I want to show you the various things that will be happening. Now, there's something called the rapture that will take place. When the rapture takes place, we are taken to the Bima seat judgment. Okay, so after the rapture, the Bima seat judgment takes place. That is for rewards for Christians. So rapture is actually for all Christians, isn't it? It's for Christians. After Christians are raptured, the Bima seat will happen for rewards. After rewards happen, we'll be taken into a place called the marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I've told you already that it's not everyone, it is not everyone who would participate in the marriage supper of the Lamb. Depending on how a Christian lived his life, he will get some rewards here and qualify for the marriage supper of the Lamb. The qualification of the marriage supper of the Lamb is a stone. It's called the white stone. I told you about it the last time, with your name written in it. The other qualification is your garment, your gown, your wedding garment. Do you remember? Uh -huh. So depending on the Christian's life and how he lived for the Lord here on earth to accomplish God's purpose, he is qualified to go into the marriage supper or he goes into maturity classes. So either you enter the marriage supper or from the Bima seat, you enter maturity classes. You go into remedials. So all those who be in the maturity classes or the remedial class will not be part of the marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb is for some people. It's, look, go to Revelation chapter 19. Verse 7 and verse 8. You see it there. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine lining, clean and white. For the fine lining is the righteousness of saints. Okay, so the, the fine lining, the garment, that the wedding garment is the fine lining. And it's called the righteous act or the righteous works of the saints. If you remember, I defined it for you. Dikasune, dikayoma, and then dikayosune, isn't it? This one is dikayoma. It's a righteous act of the saints. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he said unto me, right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true saints of God. It is only those who are called, chosen, and faithful who will be in the marriage of the Lamb. It's not everybody. We are all called. Okay? But those who are faithful, faithful servants who shall inherit. The, it's an inheritance. It says, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. So after the marriage supper of the Lamb, now, join the marriage supper of the Lamb, during this period, this will be happening in heaven. Marriage supper of the Lamb will be happening in heaven. At that same time, on earth, there will be something called the Great Tribulation that will be taking place on earth. Okay? Same time as the marriage supper of the Lamb is taking place in heaven. And it's for seven years. 
Just as you go for honeymoon for seven days, Christ also enjoy his honeymoon for seven years. During that seven-year period on earth, so as Christ is enjoying with his bride in heaven, the earth will be plunged into a great tribulation. And you see, the Antichrist is revealed after the rapture. When the church is taken away, the Antichrist is revealed. Then he starts the great tribulation. It's a seven-year period, three and a half, three and a half. The first three and a half years is a year is peaceful for Israel. The second three and a half years is plenty trouble for Israel. It's called the time of Jacob's trouble. The time of Jacob's confusion. The time of Jacob's deception. He's talking about Laban. That phrase has to do with the time of Laban. The experience that Jacob had with Laban. Laban signed a deal with Jacob that he was going to give him uh, his daughter after seven years of working hard for him. After the seven years, he deceived him and gave him something else. You get it? Jacob had to work for a long time in Laban's house and still didn't have anything. Jacob was in serious trouble. So Israel will go through a very wild phase in their lives. Okay? We'll treat the great tribulation some other time. But I'm just trying to help you understand it a little bit. So three and a half years, during the three and a half year period, um, the first three and a half years, there will be people, Christians, some Christians will be left behind. Of course, if you have not matured to a certain point, you will be left. Or you don't understand my message. That was why I asked you, how many of you like eating unripe mangoes? Mango bunu is not, it's not healthy, isn't it? So Christ also leaves some people. So the tribulation will help some people mature. So during the tribulation, some people will also be raptured. The rapture continues. There are raptures, actually. It's not just one rapture. There are many raptures. <laughs> Hallelujah. After everything, I will talk to you about raptures, okay? So that you can put the pieces together. But during the third, first three and a half years, uh, Israel has peace with the Antichrist. That's, everything is fine. But there are Christians who will be left, who will be in trouble. The Antichrist will be persecuting them, beating them, crucifying them, killing them. All kinds of things will be happening to those people. Then after the third and a half years, the Antichrist will offer a pig in the temple of Jerusalem. It's called the Abominations of Desolation. Hallelujah. Um, it's not supposed to be like that. You see, the Antichrist will make Israel believe in him because he will bring... Israel is looking for one thing in its life. Israel is looking for peace with its enemies. There are so many enemies around Israel. Okay? And Israel is looking for peace. So the Antichrist will come and give them peace. He will sign a peace treaty with them for seven years. Now, in the midst of the seven years, that's after three and a half years, he will rise up and offer a sacrifice of a pig on the altar of God. Then Israel will have their eyes opened. It's called Israel's blindness. The mystery of Israel's blindness. Israel is blind up to date. Israel still does not believe in Jesus. Very few Israelites believe in Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior. No matter what you say, they will, they will tell you that the Messiah is yet to come. In their minds, the Messiah is yet to come. We can't explain why it's like that. It's a mystery. They have been blinded. It's only the Gentiles who believe. Israel, who Jesus came to and was their brethren, don't believe. Up to date, they don't believe. Even after showing them scriptures, they'll say, oh, it's true, but the Messiah is now yet to come. So they are thinking of the Messiah come because we're looking for the a Messiah. It's called, he's called Messiah Ben David. They are looking for Messiah Ben David, Messiah the son of David. But Messiah came as Messiah Ben Joseph, Messiah the, the son of Joseph, as a lamb. 
they're expecting Jesus to come as a king. But the first time he came, he came as a lamb. So they have not recognized him. They are waiting for him to come as a king. Are you following me? Yeah. Uh-huh. So when he comes as a king, then they will see that, oh, really, this is the person we are, we are supposed to follow. But the Antichrist will precede Christ and come. When he offers the pig at, in, the, in the temple, all of Israel's eyes will be open. This guy is not the Christ. This guy is the Antichrist. Then they will rebel against him. And when the Antichrist realizes that they have rebelled against him, he will start persecuting Israel. And he will kill Israel. You see, during the, first, the Second World War, during Hitler's time, Hitler killed one out of three Jews. Yes. If you put three Israelites together, he killed one. Do you understand what I'm saying? He killed five million Jews within a period of six years. Six to seven years. But the Antichrist, within a period of three and a half years, will kill two out of three Jews. He will kill so many. It's called the time of Israel's pain. The time of Rachel's pain. Rachel crying for her children. He will kill plenty of them. And during that period, the mark of the beast will be out there. All those things will be out there. Okay? Three and a half years. Wild things. Plenty of things will happen. You shouldn't be there, actually. You shouldn't be there. You have to miss it. By the grace of God. Because this is what God has designed for you. This is what God has. So you are not supposed to be there when all this is happening. The church is not supposed to be around when all, the, all this is happening. Actually, he has not committed us unto wrath. So we are supposed to make the great tribulation. Actually. Okay? Uh-huh. But because of the stubbornness of some Christians, some Christians will still be left behind for the great tribulation to mature them. Hallelujah. So, after the great tribulation, after the Lord has, you remember the great tribulation will be happening down here with plenty of troubles, but in heaven, the marriage of the Lamb will be happening, enjoyment will be happening, plenty of enjoyment will be happening. Do you understand? Then after the marriage of the Lamb, the Lord will come with his own. So, go back to Revelation chapter 19. Now, let's read, uh, go to verse 11. Revelation 19 from verse 11. I'm trying to make it as simple as possible for you. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. Next verse. His eyes were as a flame of fire. He's describing Jesus. And on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Next verse. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. So the heavens were opened and Jesus was coming down and there were armies in heaven that followed him. He says, upon white horses, clothed in fine lining, white and clean. So what is going to happen is that after the great tribulation, the second coming of Christ will happen. It's called the public second coming of Christ. Okay? The rapture. It's also the second coming of Christ, but it is private. It's called the private second coming of Christ. And this one is a public one. This one, the heavens will literally open, and Jesus will literally come out from heaven. It will happen live, as the scriptures have said. If you like, believe it. If you like, don't believe it. But that's what the Bible says. Some people don't believe it, that Christ will come literally, but he is going to come literally. The heavens will truly open, and he will come out of the heavens, and the armies that are in heaven will follow him. 
Who are the who are the armies in heaven? The armies in heaven, he says they are clothed in fine lining, white and clean. That is actually the bride of Christ, the one that he enjoyed the marriage supper with. So after the marriage supper, after the enjoyment on the honeymoon, they come for war. That is Christ and his church. Christ and who? So he says, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine lining, white and clean. Now, if you go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible mentions, go to Revelation 1, verse 7, how the scene is going to be like. Behold, he cometh with clouds. Who are the clouds? The clouds are you and I. It's us, Christians. That is the armies that follow him. So in Acts chapter, go to Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. And when he has spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. That's Jesus. This is Jesus when he was taken up, when he ascended to heaven. After his death, burial, and resurrection, he ascended to heaven. Okay? He says, and when he has spoken these things, while they beheld, the disciples was with him. He was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. He was there with them, and then he was talking to them, and he was ascending, and he went into the skies. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. They couldn't believe the sight. All the disciples were looking into heaven. There were one, more than 100 of them looking into the heavens like this, looking at Jesus go. The sight was so, was so serious that they were amazed. So they were gazing into the sky in amazement. Why? Because the clouds that he was going with was, it's not, was not actually clouds, physical clouds. He was going with a lot of saints. I've described it to you already, isn't it? Read in Matthew chapter 27 from verse 50. Go to Matthew chapter 27 verse 50. And then we'll come back. Okay? 50, 5, 0. Jesus, when he had cried, this is the death of Christ. Jesus, when he had cried with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn, was rent in two from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quick, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened. All the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints which slept or which, which had died arose and came out of the graves after the resurrection. So many saints that had died, all the saints that had died from Cain, from Adam, Abel, all those people, all the way to the one who just died before Christ, they all came out of the grave and went to the holy city and appeared unto many. The day Jesus came out of the graves, resurrected, he resurrected plenty of people. Okay? And they went to show themselves to many people in Jerusalem, but still Israel does not believe after seeing that. This is called the first fruits of the resurrection. I showed you the last time. So when Jesus was going back to heaven, when Jesus was directed, he didn't go immediately. He went immediately to heaven to offer sacrifice and came back. And he was on earth for about 40 days. Now, when he was going back, he didn't go back alone. He went back with the people that he resurrected, came out of the graves with. So all those people were hanging in the skies. This is spiritual. It's not physical. The disciples were given the opportunity for their eyes to be opened, to see. So Jesus ascended, and they saw all those people in the heavens as their clouds, and he went to heaven with them. Then when he went to heaven with them, angels appeared to the disciples and told them that, listen, this saying, why are you gazing into the skies as though you, you, are, you are amazed? He says, which, there were two men standing by them, which said also unto them, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner. His coming will be in the same manner. How was he taken? With clouds. How is he going to come? With clouds. What are the clouds? People, saints. Okay? He says, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. So if you read in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, we just read it. He says that we're foreseeing that we are compassed about to so great a cloud of witnesses. It's called the cloud of witnesses. Hmm? 
It's a cloud, but it's a cloud of people and their witnesses. So in Revelation chapter 1 verse 7, it says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth, shall will because of him. Even so. Amen. So, he's this, this is a description of this one. The public second coming of Christ. Okay? Now, the great tribulation will culminate in, in this fashion. What will happen is that some people are called the people of the East. Most people are tipping them to be the, the people of China. The Chinese. Okay? If you notice, China is very different from every part of the world. China does not have democracy. It doesn't have the foolishness of the world. They are the most preserved and secured culture. For, it's been more than 2,000 years since China was founded. And it has not been disturbed over the years to date. So some people tip them to be the Chinese. The, those people, the people of the East, will be coming to come and fight the Antichrist because of the chaos is causing in the West. Okay? And the Antichrist would also want to defeat them in order to take that part as well, to handle the whole world. So the people of the East and the Antichrist will be coming to come and fight in a certain valley, in a certain place. Okay? Whilst they are coming to fight, we and the Lord will also appear in the heavens and will come down. When they see us coming, they will think that we are aliens. So they will join forces and want to fight us as we are coming. Let me show you scriptures. You think that I'm lying. So. <laughs> Revelation chapter 19. Go back to Revelation chapter 19. Let's read. We're, we're reading verse 12, isn't it? Revelation 19, 12. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and, of his head, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Next verse. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine lining, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of God. Next verse. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Verse 17. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the great supper, unto the supper of the great God. Next verse. That ye may eat the flesh of what? Of kings, and of the captains, and of the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and born, both small and great. Next verse. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. Have you seen it? And the beast was taken and with him the false prophets that brought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Next verse. And the remnant was slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Hallelujah. Go to verse chapter 19. I want to just tell you the story. Okay, it's called the Battle of Armageddon. So if you check chapter 19, you see, I might find Armageddon and put it there. So they will be coming to fight. The people of the East and the people of the Antichrist will be coming to come and fight. Just when they are coming to fight, the Lord and us will come. 
And when we come, the Lord's feet will touch my Holy Spirit. My Holy Spirit will split into two. And the Lord will just speak a word. The Bible says that he will destroy them with the blast of his mouth. He says, a sword proceeds out of his mouth, isn't it? A sword will proceed out of his mouth. So he will do this. The battle is not going to be like Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee fighting. No, the Lord will just do this. We will not have to even fight. He will just do this. And on that day, about 250 million soldiers will die at once. All of them will die. All the people of the Antichrist, everybody will die. Okay, it's chapter 16. Let's read um, from verse 14. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Okay, he's talking about the Antichrist and what works in him. He says, go back, go back, go back to verse 14. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth. So he goes forth unto the kings of the earth and gather them hmm, to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Next verse. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, unless he walk naked and they see his shame. Verse 16. And he gathered together, he gathered them together. He's talking about the Antichrist. He says he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. So, the second public coming of the Lord will happen at Armageddon. Remember, Christians are not here, so you are not part of what we are talking about. Hallelujah. I'm just educating you concerning the scriptures, okay? Next verse. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake, and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her, blah, blah, blah. So the Lord, the second coming of the Lord will happen at where Armageddon. The place of the battle. When he comes, he will destroy everybody. Babylon will also end. Babylon is the world system. The, the system of the world. It's called Babylon the Great. The mother of all whoredoms. It is not normal that young people are fornicating. There's a spirit behind the thing. It's not normal that young people want to have money and do some things and whatever. It's not normal. There's a spirit behind it. That, that spirit is called Babylon. It's called Babylon the Great. Okay? Babylon is not uh, just a city. Babylon is a system that works in the nations of the earth. Why are they accepting LGBTQ and all those people? Do you know LGBTQ? Yeah. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, something, something. Why, why is it being accepted by the nations of the world? You think you've seen it, you've seen something. We've not seen anything yet. It's now going to become more rampant. If you are not careful, your child may say that he's, uh, he's gay. Yes, because it's a spirit that is working. I'm just trying to describe uh, the sheep and goats, judgment of the sheep and goats. But all these things are coming in. Okay, go to um, Revelation chapter 17, when Babylon is destroyed. Hallelujah. Let's read from verse 1 so that we understand it even some more, okay? So, at the public second coming of Christ, he comes at Armageddon. He destroys the nations, the, those who have gathered, the, the, the kings of the earth that have gathered to fight. He destroys all of them. That's why he says he presses the wine press with the fierceness of his wrath. And his garment is, is dipped in blood, okay? That day, the power of the human beings will be about five feet. 
from the ground. It will not be a small thing. These are all, these are all things that are in the Bible. To be a very, very serious day. Okay? Plenty of people will die. That is why he calls for the, the birds of the air to come and partake of the great supper. It's called the, the great day of God's supper. They will feast on people. They will, all the dead people, the animals will come and feast on them. That's what you read in Revelation chapter 19. Yeah. So he will destroy them with a the, with the blast of his nostrils or his mouth. And all of them will die. After all of them have died, the Bible says that it will take about six months to pile up the dead body to clear them off the earth. Because it will be a very great day. At that same time, Babylon will also be destroyed. Babylon will come to its end. Finally, it says, and they came up. Came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying, Unto be come here that I will show unto thee the judgment of the great hall that set upon many waters. That's the name. It's, it's called the great hall. So the Babylon's major thing is fornication and adultery and uh, foolishness. That is why social media is tailoring along that line. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Uh-huh. So it's, it's prophetic. It's part of what is going to be happening in this world. So, he says, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of the fornication. So, they are, you are so drunk that you don't even see the problem. They don't see the problem. They don't see what is happening. They are drunk. Next verse. So, he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a colored beast. Full of names of blasphemy. Having seven heads and ten horns. All these things have meanings, but not today. We will not finish. And the woman was arrayed in purple. Purple has to do with kingship, royalty. You see, so foolishness in royalty. Yes, if you are not doing those things, you are not a guy. You are not considered to be modern. It's like you are too a kick. It is part of the system of Babylon. And dead with gold and precious stones. Gold has to do with money. Precious stones has to do with money. You see, there's so much money in those things. I mean, someone's father can be sponsoring you. I mean, so powerful. Having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornications. Next verse. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So she, she is the mother. <laughs> Mystery Babylon. Say Mystery Babylon. <laughs> Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. And Babylon started a long time ago. Babylon, the official start of Babylon began in the days of uh, Nimrod. Nimrod was the one who started Babylon. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it has moved, it has grown over the years. And it will have its culmination in this particular period. He's not saying that the particular woman will be the one who, no. It's a womanhood is used as a principle. It's a principle in the Bible. The church is a woman. Okay? The church is a woman. There's only one person who is a man. That's God. Christ. That's also a principle. Huh. So, the church is a woman. Mystery Babylon is also a woman. Next, I go to verse 6. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints. You see, drunk with the blood of what? The saints. She kills saints. And with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. You see? Yes, it says, I wanted with great admiration. And Babylon is not only in charge of whoredom and fornications and abominations and blasphemies against God. He's also full of this, the economy of the world, the business of the world. Everything is in her hand. So you see it. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of blood. Next verse, verse 7. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore does thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which has the seven heads and of the ten horns. So he's going to explain what all those things mean. Next verse. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend 
out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. He's talking about the devil. I'll talk about this one very, very soon. Okay, next verse. And here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Okay, basically, if you go down, you see that Babylon is also in charge of money. She's in charge of uh, the economy of the world. She's in charge of commerce. She's in charge of everything. That is why the, the beast can work with her to give everybody the mark of the beast. Because if you don't have the mark of the beast, you can't trade during the great tribulation. So, Mishri Babylon will have her full manifestation and physical manifestation during the great tribulation. So, when Christ comes at Armageddon, he will destroy those who are gathered against him and also destroy Mishri Babylon. Mishri Babylon will fall. And Mishri Babylon will end. Okay? After Mishri Babylon has ended, Christ will sit down on the throne and judge all those who are left in the earth at that time. So, the judgment of the sheep and goat or the judgment of the nations happens after the second coming of Christ. And it has nothing to do with Christians. Christians are not there. They are gone. Everybody's gone at that time. So Christ will sit down. And all the nations of the earth will approach him and he will judge everyone, one by one. Okay? That's written in Revelation. So you can read it first. Revelation 18, 1 to 4. Okay? I just said that to let you know that Babylon is in charge of this world. So it's either Babylon is influencing you or Christ is influencing you as a child of God. Babylon can influence you. I mean, it's, it's, it's normal. That's why some people think that work is okay, but working for the Lord is not okay. Yeah. Babylon is clearly working in them, yeah. working on their minds. Okay, so Revelation 20, verse 1. Look at Revelation 20, verse 1. So on this same day, on this same day when Christ comes, on the public second coming of Christ, a lot of things will happen. First of all, the Antichrist is arrested, the beast, the false prophet is arrested. And the devil, who is the beast, is also arrested. These three people. So, chapter 19, uh, last two verses of chapter 19. Go to. Um, and the beast was taken, 1920. And the beast was taken with the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his, worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. So, they are the first people to go into a lake of fire. The false prophet. That is the Antichrist. And then um, the beasts. Okay? They are taken and cast into the lake of fire. Then, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horses. That's those who were left in the war. Because the, remember, the Antichrist will be leading them in the war. But he's arrested. He's not killed then. He's arrested and put into the lake of fire straight with the false prophet. They are all put into the lake of fire. And then the rest who are gathered, who are businesses, with the sword of him that sat upon the horse. Which sword proceeded out of his mouth? Isn't it? It's from his mouth. And of the fowls. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. So, I mean, all kinds of things will happen. Then the next thing is that it says, I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. Next verse. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So an angel, immediately Jesus comes, an angel also is released from heaven to arrest the devil. The devil is arrested, not by Jesus, by an angel. He has not, he, he cannot, he can't, you know, go fit Jesus one, one bit. How, you go, how, how do you say that in English? It's an unfair match. I mean, you can't, it's like uh, uh, Ghana's, Ghana's strongest fighting with a two year old. It's not, it's an unfair match. You get it? Uh -huh. So another two year old is introduced to go and catch the devil. So a, an angel will bind him. He says, You will hold him. 
by his neck and bind him with a chain and put him into the bottomless pit. Okay? It's called the Monhorovinsic discontinuity. There's a place, yes, there's a place. <laughs> there's a place where uh, some people call it uh, Bermuda Triangle. Hmm. I don't know if you've heard of Bermuda Triangle. No plane is able to fly in that place. No ship is able. If you go, you just, you just vanish. Nobody comes out. There's a very strong current that everything there moves this way. Okay? Some say it is the entrance to the bottomless pit. Some say that it is. <laughs> so he will be cast into that place for 1,000 years. He will fall for 1,000 years. 1,000 years he will be falling. Ah, fall. He will never get to the bottom of the pit. So he's arrested. After he's arrested, so there's no devil. After Jesus' second coming, Amagedon ends. Babylon ends. There's no devil. There's no antichrist. There's no false prophet. So he sits down and judges the nations that are left. All those who didn't go for the war, but were in their houses. Because there will still be human beings, plenty of human beings here on earth. And he will judge them. Now, what is the measure of their judgment? During this great tribulation, the gospel will still be preached. People will be saved during this great tribulation. But their salvation is not like our salvation. Look at Revelation chapter 14, verse 5. Their salvation is not like our salvation. Our salvation is dispensational. Okay? When we say dispensational, our salvation exists only in this time. After this time, our, salvation, our type of salvation will not exist anymore. Because the church age would have ended. And in their mouth was found no God, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Verse 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth. So something called the everlasting gospel will be preached by angels during... During the Great Tribulation. It won't be preached by human beings. It will be preached by angels. So angels will be flying around and preaching the everlasting gospel. Now, the everlasting gospel is actually a combination of all the gospels that have been preached over the years. The gospel that starts... Abraham was not preaching Jesus Christ. Jesus was not there at that time. I told you the last time. So Abraham's salvation is not like ours. Receive, believe in Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Believe that he died for you. Abraham could not believe that. What did Abraham believe? Abraham believed in this gospel called the everlasting gospel. He says, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and every kindred and tongue and people. Next verse. Saying with a loud voice, fear God. The everlasting gospel, the concept of the everlasting gospel is, fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth, and the sea, and the fountains of waters. So the content of the everlasting gospel is, fear God and keep his commandments. Worship him. So, the gospel we preach cannot be preached by angels. The gospel we preach today cannot be preached by angels. But this one is preached by angels. So those angels will be flying around preaching the everlasting gospel. And some people will believe in that everlasting gospel. So, what they will do is that they will save Israel. They will, remember, Israel will be persecuted. And there are some saints that will be there who are also being persecuted. Do you remember? Uh-huh. So what these people will do is that they will save God's children and they will save Israel as well. Some of them will keep them in secret so that the Antichrist cannot have access to them and take them through the tribulation. So they will save people during that period. So in Matthew chapter 25, go to Matthew chapter 25 from verse 31. Okay? When the Son of Man says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, that is the public second coming of Christ. When he shall come in his, in his glory and all the holy angels with him, like I mentioned to you, I've explained that to you already, isn't it? Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. So he shall sit on the throne. Then he shall judge the whole of the nations. Next verse. 
and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. That's why it's called the judgment of the sheep and goats. It's not that everybody will become sheep and some people become goats, no. It's because of what they did. So their salvation is by responding to the everlasting gospel and saving Israel, saving the Jews and the residue or the remnant of Christians that are left. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand out but the goats on the left. Next verse. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Next verse. For I was unhungered, I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him. Why are they righteous? They are righteous because of the things they did. Righteousness is different per each dispensation. Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? Next verse. When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked or clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? When did we see you? They are not even aware of what they did. Remember, every Christian today knows that if you give something to somebody, you have actually given unto the, unto the Lord, isn't it? Yeah. If you visit somebody in the prison, you know that you are doing it for the Lord. But this is what they didn't know that they were even doing for anything for Jesus. They didn't know. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren. Who are these my brethren? The Israelites. The Israelites are the natural brothers of Jesus Christ. He came unto his own, John chapter 1 verse 11. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. Who are his own? The, his own are the Israelites. Hmm? Roman chapter, go to Roman chapter 9. Let's see Israel small. Roman chapter 9 from verse 1. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience will bear me witness in the Holy Ghost. That I have great heaviness and conscience in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed for Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth their adoption. It is to them that pertains the adoption, the maturing of sons. It's actually for them. And the glory, and the covenant, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises. They are the lost brethren. Next verse. Who are the fathers, and of whom concerning the flesh, Christ came. Of whom concerning the flesh, Christ came. Who is over all? God bless forever. Amen. So Israel is the brothers. They are the brothers. So long as you did it for one of these, my brethren, you did it for me. So their salvation and their entrance into the kingdom age. After the judgment of the sheep and goats, we enter into a place called the kingdom age. That is the 1,000 year reign of Christ on earth. Okay? The 1,000 year reign of Christ on earth. So he will tell them, ye blessed of my, of my father, enter into the kingdom that has been prepared for you before time began. So they will enter into the kingdom age. That is the 1,000 years. That's the sheep. All those. Remember, some of them may have even taken the mark of the beast. Some of them may have. But they used that mark to be a blessing to Israel. So Jesus will give them a second chance. Remember, Jesus is not willing that everybody should perish. He's not. He says, in so much as you have done it unto one of these, these of my brethren, you have done it unto me. Next verse. Go to the next verse. 
Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, that's the goats. Ye cursed, you know, goats, if you use fire to roast them, it's very nice, isn't it? So they'll be pushed. Ye cursed into everlasting fire, isn't it? Prepared for the devil and his angels, so he shall put them out into hell. And then they'll be put into the lake of fire at the last judgment. Next verse. Then shall he say unto them on the left, blah, blah, blah. Okay, next verse, verse 42. For I was unhanged, and ye gave me not meat. You didn't give me food when I was hungry. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was, stra- I was a stranger, and you, you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhanged, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, or, and did not minister unto you? When, when did we see it? Then he said, then shall he answer unto them, saying, Verily I say unto you, in so much as you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did it not to me. Then he shall put them into hell. Hallelujah. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life everlasting. I see it. So that's the judgment of the sheep and goats, or the judgment of the nations. It is not for Christians. It is for those who are left and go through the great tribulation, who protected God's people. I hear all right. Then, so they'll be allowed to inherit the kingdom of God for 1,000 years. Jesus will come on earth. Jesus comes on earth during the second public coming. When he comes, he stays. He doesn't go back. Babylon will end. Armageddon will happen. Nations are judged. Then he starts his kingdom. On this same earth with these same buildings, he starts his reign for 1,000 years. Revelation chapter 1 verse 4. Revelation chapter 1. Remember, the devil is also bound, right? Do you remember? So there's no devil. During this 1,000-year kingdom age, no devil. So all the prayers people pray, I kill, I destroy, demons, go away, this one. They can't pray that prayer. It cannot exist here because there's none of all those people are arrested. The world is rid of the devil, is rid of death. Death is suspended at this period. Death on suspension. Okay, so it says, Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. Revelation 20, verse 4. Death is on suspension. Some people will die, but death will be a punishment. Now, you'll be amazed that even though Jesus is here on earth, sitting here on earth for 1,000 years, ruling the earth as the king of the earth, he will sit on the throne of David and rule the whole earth. During that time, people will be requested, there will be lost at that time. People will be required to go to Jerusalem and show themselves every, thrice every year. So all the feasts of the law will be reintroduced. Okay? If you don't go, you are disobedient. Some people will not get rain. If you don't go, you will not have rain during the year. There are punishments that are there. <laughs> And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither received his mark upon his fo- on their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So those of us who be coming will reign with him for a thousand years. We didn't have the mark and all that. But there are some people in the earth who, will be, who may have taken the mark, who will be allowed because of what they did for Israel and for the remnant of the brethren. May. I, I'm not saying they will. I said me. Next verse. Verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. 
Blessed and holy is he that has part in the resurrection, in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So we who come with him will reign with him for a thousand years. That is when you'll be given the opportunity to rule over ten cities, over four cities, over five cities, over one city, over a village, over a cottage. You'll be in charge of, will be in charge of various places in the earth. Our reign, this is also a practice of our reign. Our actual reign will be in the New Jerusalem. But this will be a practice of our reign. Hmm. So during that 1,000 year period, that is during the, there is no devil, remember? Death is on suspension. Some people will die, but like I said, death will be a punishment. Isaiah chapter 65. Let's read Isaiah chapter 65 and see some over there. Isaiah chapter 65, let's read from, uh, so that we don't read too much. Let me just take you straight to the place, okay? Hallelujah. Let's read from verse 17. From verse 17. Can you read it to me? Isaiah 65 from verse 17. One to go. And the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next verse. And now trust in Jerusalem. Not the voice of crying. Mm-hmm. Continue. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that has not filled his days. For the child shall die an hundred years old. But the sinner, being an hundred years old, shall be accursed. Have you seen it? So in that, in that time, sin will still be around. There will be transgressions of certain laws. He's talking about that, that age. He says that there will not be any tears, any cries anymore in Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem will be free now to have peace, proper peace. Okay? Uh-huh. And the Lord will sit in Jerusalem. He will not be sitting in Ghana. He will sit in Jerusalem. The same Jerusalem we are seeing here is the same place Jesus will come and come and reign from. There will be a camp. It's called the camp of the saints. I'll read it to you. It's called the camp of the saints. Where those of us who reign with him will be living. Now, we'll be appearing and disappearing. So we can appear in a country that you are ruling or a city you are ruling, judge them and come back to Jerusalem in a split second. Yes. Okay? I'll show it to you very soon. But what he's saying is that during the kingdom age, if someone dies at age 100, the person is described as an infant. You've not grown. Because people, man will grow, 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 grow to a thousand. Their, their lifespan is up to a thousand. This has happened before. How many years did Methuselah live? Is it Methuselah who lived 969? Okay. So at that time, that thing will be reincarnated. That, that concept will come back again. So man will be living for a long time. They will live on earth. The sheep that are introduced, that are allowed into the kingdom age, will give birth. We will reproduce, but we will not reproduce. That's why the Bible says that in the resurrection we are as the angels, for we neither give birth nor are given in marriage and all that, because we'll be here with them. But they will be reproducing and getting children. Children will be coming and all that, but we will not be doing all those things. We'll be judging. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> or you want to reproduce. <laughs> this is your opportunity to reproduce as much as you can now. But men, what I'm trying to say is that men would have, men would give birth to have a lot of children. Remember, there's no devil, so they don't know the devil. You get, they don't know the devil, there's no devil. So they don't know the devil, they don't know demons, they don't know any of those things. They are just chilling. Go to the next verse. Go to verse 21. Very nice. And they shall build houses and inhabit them. 
and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. Normal life will be going on. Next verse. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall, there will not be cheating in the earth. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hand. Long enjoy the work of their hand. Next verse. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble. For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring with them. A very nice area. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. This will happen practically here on it. And the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. Because death is on suspension, remember. And dust shall be the serpent's meat. Eh? Snakes will be eating the dust. They will not be biting human beings for something, for anything. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, say the Lord. Nobody shall hurt nor destroy. But there will be gross disobedience. Some people will still not obey what the rules that are given. To come to Jerusalem thrice every year. They will not go. They will not do some things. Even though Jesus is here on earth ruling and reigning. So go back. To, so this is the kingdom age. I'm just trying to describe the kingdom age. That's a 1,000 year reign of Christ. Christ is here ruling. Nice things. Nice. You, you make the earth very beautiful. Very, very beautiful. Very nice. Go to, back to Revelation chapter 20. Let's read um, verse 6. Okay. Go, go up. Go up to verse 6. Go to verse 6. Blessed is the holy blood of a thousand years. Next is verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, after the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. So the time of their temptation will come. Because all this world, they've not had any temptation. Temptation is needed for you to mature. Without temptation, you can't mature. So their time of temptation will come. Satan will be loosed once again. Out of the bottomless pit he was put in for 1,000 years, he shall come out. Hey, I'm out. That's why he described him as the one who was and was not and shall be once again and will, will not be forevermore. Remember? So he's just describing the stages through which Satan will go. So when he's released, he shall go out to deceive the nations. The nation that Jesus is ruling, he shall go out to deceive them. So all those who did not trust in Jesus, even though he was here ruling them, who hated him? Why are these laws? You know how human beings are. Remember, they are born still with Adam's seed. Okay? Their seed has not changed. The seed of Adam is still in them. They are all around as a seed of Adam. Yet Satan is taken away. And God will see how man will behave in the absence of Satan. And the nature of sin in them will still manifest. People will still complain and say, Jesus is not ruling well. We have to overcome him. We have to uproot him from the throne. What is all this that he's doing? Every time we should come here, every time we should go there, every time we should come for this, every time we should do They'll be talking plenty. So the devil is released. And he will go out, and he will be able to deceive. He says, and he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Shall go everywhere and deceive. Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle. The number of women as the son of the sea. This is how much he's able to deceive. He's able to deceive so many people that their number is as the sand of the sea. Hey! So after the thousand year reign, another battle will happen. It's called the battle of Gog and Magog. There's another Gog and Magog around Amagedon, but that I will not talk about it today, okay? Some other time. And they went up on, on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints. You remember I mentioned the camp of the saints. The camp of the saints is where we would be. It would be in Jerusalem. Very big camp, where we would be. 
ruling from, we will be judging from. It's like the headquarters of Christ's administration. And the beloved city, that is uh, Jerusalem. So they shall come, they are coming to attack Christ. Coup d'etat, a coup d'etat will happen after the thousand year reign. And fire came down. So this battle is not even fought. This one, Christ doesn't do or anything. He just, he just regrets like, ah, disciple. After all that I've done for you. And fire will just come from heaven and destroy all of them. It says, and fire came down from heaven, from God out of heaven, and devoured them. They are gathered to be devoured. They are all devoured. And the devil that, was, that deceived them was cast. So this is the final. After that, so he's kept for one last examination. After that, then he's cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's his end. After his end, then the last judgment takes place. It's called the judgment of the great white throne. Were you able to follow the story? I think it's very easy to understand. It's very, very easy to understand. So when you hear about hey, eschatology, the end time, this is basically it. This is, the, this is the basic thing. Okay? With this, you can appreciate what's, what will happen. And uh, you should know that God said that this man will live on earth unto a thousand generations. From Adam till now, we have not crossed 74 generations yet. Remember, from Adam to David was 14 generations. From David to Christ was another 14 generations. Okay? And that was about 4,000 years. 14 plus 14 is what? 28. From Jesus' time to now, it's just 2,000 years. So we are just around maybe 40-something generations. Yet God says you shall have mercy on Israel for a thousand generations. Israel are designed to inherit this earth. Israel is designed to inherit this earth. Okay? So let's see how it's going to be. So the final judgment is the great white throne, white throne judgment. And that's found in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. Verse 11. So after all this has ended, remember, Gog and Magog has taken place. All those things have happened. Remember all the distractions that take place. During Armageddon, the people who were killed, they didn't go to the lake of fire. They have not yet gone to the lake of fire. They end up in hell. All those who were killed at Gog and Magog, they don't go to the lake of fire. They end up in hell. So it is now that God will sit down. And actually, it's Jesus who will sit down. Because Jesus said, God has committed all judgments to him. So Jesus will sit down on a great white throne. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. So what will happen? The first thing that will happen is that this earth that you see and this heaven that you see will be dissolved. Everything will be dissolved. The people who don't go for Gog and Magog and are preserved will still be, they will be kept somewhere and renewed and brought back into the new heaven and new earth. So there will always be human beings in the way that we are seeing them on earth. Are you listening to me? So he will take away the old heaven and the old earth. And there was found no place for them. Next verse. I don't know where they are kept, but God, God has his own way of doing things. He'll keep them somewhere. And I saw the dead, small and great. So this white throne judgment, first of all, you should know it's not for Christian. No Christian is accepted here. Okay? No Christian is, what I'm coming to say is not for Christians. It's for only ungodly people. It's for ungodly people, ungodly men, from all the ages of man. 
and the universe. All the ages of man and the universe. So there are beings in places that we don't know about. Angels are judged here. When I say and the universe, angels are included. So angels are also judged here. Remember that angels are reserved in chains, waiting for their judgment. So in this great white throne judgment, it's the final judgment. After this, God will not do any judgment again. Because after this, we'll be entering eternity. The new Jerusalem will come and they will enter eternity. Okay? Jude, okay, go to Jude 1.6. Jude 1.6. And the angels which had not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains. Have you seen it? And the darkness unto the judgment of the great day. He's talking about this one. The great, that's why it's called the great white throne judgment. Since there are angels who do not keep their first estate, who are reserved, eh? he says, he has reserved in everlasting chains. There are everlasting chains that, there are, are, are angels that are more wicked than Lucifer that are reserved here, waiting for their judgment. Remember the Bible says that we shall judge angels. So on this day, we shall sit with, the, with Christ as well and judge angels. The judgment to be very thick, to be very detailed. Hallelujah. Go back to Revelation 20, verse 12. And I saw that that small and great stand before God, and the books were opened. So first of all, books are opened. So they are first of all, all those who appear here, all ungodly men who appear here, are first of all judged according to their works. They are all judged according to their works, first of all. So books are opened. Every work that every man, human being is doing, any child or anyone who is not born again is doing, a child of God's works is also recorded in books. Our books, we have our own books. But there are other books that have all human beings having their, the record of what they are doing recorded in them. So all that Bill Gates did, all that Steve Jobs did, all that uh, Carnegie, I mean, all those who, are, who were not born again and died, that we know of, that they, they weren't born again. But they did good things on the earth. Very good things. They will all be judged differently. Everybody's judgment will be different. Let me show it to you. That is why they are first of all judged according to their works. So Hitler will not have the same judgment as Steve Jobs. If Steve Jobs is in hell right now, the portion of hell that Steve Jobs will occupy will be different from the portion of hell that Hitler will be occupying. It's not the same. No, because the punishments are in degrees, depending on what you did on earth. You, if you think I'm lying, let me show it to you. Are you surprised? Luke chapter 10, verse 12 to verse 16. Luke 10, 12 to 16. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable in, the, in that day for Sodom. He's talking about the great white throne judgment. He says, it shall be more tolerable. Say more tolerable. It shall be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you see how, how much evil Sodom and Gomorrah committed? But Jesus is saying that it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for that city that rejects the gospel. Next verse. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Chorazin was a city he preached in. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works, these mighty works have been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment done for you. Let's read the reservation from verse 12. Sodom will have its better on judgment day than the town that rejects you. Doom, Chorazin, doom, Bethsaida, if Ty and Sidon had been given half the chances given you. 
they would have been on their knees long ago repenting and crying for mercy. Thailand, Sudan will have it easy on judgment day compared to you. So that's, there are some people who have it easy on judgment day on that day. Next verse. And you, Capernaum, do you think you are about to be promoted to heaven? Think again. You're on a mad slide to hell. The one who listens to you listens to me. The one who rejects you rejects me. And rejecting me is the same as rejecting God who sent me. Have you seen this? So cities will have cities and the people in them will have better judgment. Go to Matthew chapter 23 from verse 14. You see some of it. Matthew 23 from verse 14. <laughs> so, in the lake of fire, there are more bearable places in the lake of fire. It's still lake of fire. But there are more bearable places. Remember, if you remember the rich man and Lazarus, the rich man complained about one thing. What did he complain about? Thirst. See, I'm thirsty. Did he complain about burning? Did he complain about burning? He had, a, he had a chance to even talk to Father Abraham. He, was, he could communicate. The burning was, he was not burning. He was thirsty. So there are places in hell. That's why some people go there and come and say that there are places, different locations. Those, some people are burning, that there are worms that are eating them. There are some people, they are putting coals of fire in their mouth every time. There are people, I mean, there are bearable places. There are unbearable places. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woe unto you, scribes and Francis. This is Jesus talking. This is God. Jesus is God, remember. So he knows all things. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore, you shall receive the greater damnation. Next verse. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you compass sea and land to make one proselyte, one follower of your system. And when he's made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. So there are people who are twofold more children of hell. Than others. Some are, some are one food. Others are two food. Others are three food. Others are four food. The damnation is different. The cities and the, the inhabitants in them and the things that they'll face will be different. It's not going the same. No, just imagine Hitler and uh, Hitler, Stalin sitting in the same place as uh, whoever, maybe Bob Marley, if he wasn't born again. And Bob Marley did not kill anybody, he was just singing. Do you understand? So he will not burn at the same rate. But it's still lake of fire. Everybody, so the first thing they are judged according is according to their works. So the books are open then. Look at it, go, go back, uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books, according to their works. Have you seen it? Next verse. And the sea gave up the dead. I've described this, this already for you. The sea represents those who were destroyed with the, with the great sea that came. The great waters that came before our time, before Adam even came. Okay? That's the age of the angels, the age of the dinosaurs, and the age of all those things. I won't talk about it today because I've mentioned it before. And death and hell were deli delivered up the dead. So death and hell also gave up their dead, which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their, it's always according to their works. They had works. They did something on earth. They'll be judged according to what they did. Next verse. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And then the book of life is opened. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, everybody who appears here, if you are appearing at this great white throne, it means that your name is not in the book of life already. But they will check for argument's sake. Because <laughs> some people will be using their works to want to enter heaven. That's, ah, I did this, I did that, I did that, I did that. 
What am I, what am I, I you, you put me in, in hell, I was suffering there, now you're coming to put me where? In lake of fire, I won't go. There'll be things. So they will have to check. This is the standard. Let's check your name. Your name is not here, brother. Please. The way for your name to appear in the book of life is by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. That's all. You accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. You have skipped this judgment sharp. This is the reason. You see, you see, knowledge of this should help you to have mercy on people who are fooling around today. Because what we are doing here today will determine how our lives will be in the future. It will determine how our lives will be in the future. The slave queens will be here. Yes. With their big breasts and their big bottoms, they'll be here. All the slave queens will be here. All the shatter boys, the body count boys, the boys who are just doing everything. You have friends like that. You do have friends like that. You have to lead them to Christ. If you love them, you lead them to Christ. You will not want them to face this thing that we are talking about and laughing. It's not a laughing matter. It's a very dangerous matter. The very, very dangerous matter. You must be concerned enough. That's why God makes us learn about it. So that you'll be concerned. There is no chance for anything in the lake of fire. It's a lake of fire. There are more bearable locations, but it's still more, it's still fire. Forever. It's not for some time. It's forever. So you must be concerned for your mother, your father. If your father is not born again, you must be concerned. You must start praying for him and you must start talking to him. Because his life will end. And this is what he will face after everything. You have a brother, a cousin who is not born again. You should be worried. You shouldn't be in church alone. You should be in church with all your friends, with all your, with your brothers, with all your cousins. You should be. Someone must give their lives to Christ. At least they must give their lives to Christ. Even if they are in heaven and they are in the zongo part of heaven, they are in heaven anyway. That is why we preach the gospel. Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. We must do the work of an evangelist. We must get people into the kingdom of God. It's very important. Because if we don't, those in our generation will lose their lives. And they will all be here. And on that day, we will all be there. You will see those who you knew. You will see those you knew. Even in the New Jerusalem, outside the New Jerusalem, there's a lake of fire. And there are visitations every now and then. You see them there. And you remember the opportunities you had to have said something, but he didn't say anything. You kept quiet because of one thing or the other. You didn't want to look colloquial. You didn't want to look like a bad person. You are not a bad person. Look at what people are doing. Look at the evil things that people are doing. Publicly. Publicly. Preaching. What is preaching? What is announcing the gospel to somebody? Tell the person, listen, your life is at risk. You need Jesus Christ. You need, you need Jesus Christ. Now, you may be here, you are not born again. I'm giving you an opportunity. This may be your last chance. Remember, death comes when you are not ready. Death does not announce its arrival. Remember that. We should all be preparing our caskets. Everybody should be preparing his casket. You are not certain whether you marry. You don't know if you marry. You don't know if you will ever marry in your life. You don't know if you will ever have a child. You don't know if you ever have the job, your dream job. Nobody knows. But there's one thing that all of us know. We all die one day. Death is certain, yet we don't prepare for it. Death is very, very certain, but nobody prepares their casket. You should be carrying your casket everywhere you go. Nobody prepares for it. It is very certain. If you are here and you are not born again, with every eye closed, I'm giving you an opportunity to give your life to Christ today. It's no joke. People will burn in that place at the great white throne. 
You need to give your life to Christ now, 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 now. If you're here and you're not born again, lift up your right hand wherever you are and let me lead you to Christ. Because the future doesn't look bright for you at all. If you have not given your life to Christ, you don't remember doing that. You have to. You need to do it consciously for yourself today. You need to surrender to the Lord. Lift your hands now and say these words after me, believing with all of your hands. Say, dear Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I know that he's your son and that you sent him into this world to die for my sins. I believe that when he died, I died with him. I believe that when he was buried, I was buried with him. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day and I rose with him. I receive life everlasting into my spirit right now. I declare boldly that I'm a child of God because I believe in his death, burial, and resurrection in the name of the Lord Jesus. I declare boldly that I'm a child of God. From today onwards, devil, you have no place in my life. I've been taken from your kingdom into the kingdom of light. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I'm a child of God. Even in Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. Congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.